Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way, and that's at Strange Brew Coffee House. And if you can't make it to Strange Brew here in Starkville or Brewpolo in Tupelo, well, you can always just have it right in your home. That's right. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order coffee to be shipped directly to your door, including the brand new and totally awesome K-Cups. Yes, if you're a Keurig owner, you can still have Strange Brew Coffee every morning of the week. That's the way to start your day with Strange Brew Coffee. New year, new gear, and that's the, that's the motto from, uh, from College Corner. We are getting so close to start of baseball. Don't come and celebrate the reigning national champions in that old T-shirt or old polo. Get something new and exciting. Heck, get a national championship shirt if you haven't gotten one already. Or you know what? If you're like me and you're a national championship shirt, you've worn it so much it's starting to wear out already, Time to reload. Grab a new one. Go to College Corner, two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco, Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. Hope you guys were able to enjoy a wing Wednesday. The Mexican smoked wings at, at, at Humble Taco. Some of the best wings, not just Mexican food, but wings in this town. And this is a town, I don't know why this is, Robbie. There's good wings in the city of Starville. There's like three or four spots where I'm like, yeah, we can go get wings there, and I'm down for that. And Humble Taco is definitely one of them. But it's all about that that great and unique menu. Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. You're all over the menu, taking Southern classics and turning them into your Mexican favorites. So for tacos like you've never had before, make a quick trip out to, to Humble Taco and enjoy a great meal here in Starkville. When you're looking for a quick and easy lunch that's also going to be good, that's the place to go, Firehouse Subs. And they make it so easy to order with the Firehouse Subs app. It's the easiest app I've ever seen. Simple to use, place your order, pick it up, and not, and then you pile up the reward points. And the reward points are why we're all in this, right? We want to eat free sandwiches. Well, the quicker you get on the app, the quicker you place your order, the quicker you're going to get a free sandwich from Firehouse Subs. Locations are in Starkville, Tupelo, Oxford, uh, Columbus. Star- um, I already said Starkville. There is still one in Starkville. But, uh, Flowood and Madison. It's a great place to go for lunch. That's Firehouse Subs. Robbie Falk, you know, I think about this show, and, uh, I mean, we are technically, as we record, it it is still National Signing Day. And I think about in the past what that would have meant. You know, you go back to when Bob was on the show. That was the day where he could finally say all the recruits' names once they were, you know, once they were signed up. And it was such a big deal. And here we are on National Signing Day, and – that's not going to be our our lead story here. Uh, You know, we're going to get to national signing day a little later in the show, but as a guy like you, who's covered recruiting for a long time, I just want to, I do want to just talk about this just a little bit to start us. 
How incredible is it to see how much this day has changed? It is crazy. I mean, I, I go back to, you know, just three or four years ago, your entire class hinges on one day. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've now got these two signing periods where if you miss on players in that first signing period in December, you still have a chance to come back in the second signing period and get a pretty good player to replace whoever you missed on. There's a transfer portal. There's junior college, some junior college guys that are going to graduate in May. There's high school players that are still out there. One of the really interesting things about it is the options that some players get after the first signing period. Mm -hmm. I think about um, Kylan Griffin, who was a Mississippi State commit that, that essentially was dropped. Not essentially, he was dropped by Mississippi State. He's going to Clemson now he didn't have the the opportunity to go to Clemson um you know two months ago Mm -hmm. he got he he got a couple of offers pretty good offers that quite frankly are better offers than Mississippi State because they're looking for someone in in the second signing day because they missed on all these other guys so there's kids that are getting opportunities that they didn't have in the first signing period that's one of the, the interesting side effects I guess uh, you could say of second signing period, but the fact that we're we're not even going to really talk about Mississippi State adding anybody right today is insane. Yeah. And it's I, I mentioned on the YouTube show I did, um, you know, it's easier for me because these local high schools that have their signing days in February, um, all those kids are going to junior college. Most of them are going to junior college. Some of them to four year colleges. I get to focus just on that. I don't have to focus on Mississippi State signing day yeah. like I do in December. So it's it's a lot easier for me to do all the Mississippi State stuff in December and come back in February and, and do all this high school stuff. Yeah. But it's really interesting the dynamic that's changed over the last few years uh, with these two signing classes. Yeah, well, we'll talk about signing day a little later in the show, but we're going to talk more about what happened at some other schools today than what happened at Mississippi State. But what happened at Mississippi State? On Tuesday night at the hump was exactly what needed to happen for Mississippi State. State, there's something to be said, Robbie, about playing a game that's a, that's a must-win, must-win game for you, and winning it convincingly. Dominating the game from the opening tip, uh, getting out to a big lead, and then just sort of coasting home. A game that's no state. It's <laughs> a great stat here. State won this game by 14 points and didn't score in the final 541 of the game. Let's you know how much of a, a big lead they had on South Carolina. 78-64. Bulldogs shoot 54% from the field uh, in this one. A night that was really led by Iverson Molinar. Uh, 20 points for him, including 10 of 10 at the free throw line. State a 20 of 26 from the line. Very good percentage there. And Garrison Brooks who, if he can play like this night in and night out, if he can find this consistency, the state can win a lot of games. 18 points and nine boards for him, part of a big rebounding effort for Mississippi State, 41-24. to 24. They out-rebound the Gamecocks, so plus uh, 17 on the boards there. One of the most – here's an interesting stat. South Carolina forces 19 turnovers, only turns it over 10 times, but in 19 turnovers, they're only able to get 10 points. So there were, a lot, there were some opportunities for South Carolina, but State shot the ball so well and played such good defense. South Carolina only shooting 41% for the game, including only 27% from behind the arc. 
State had to win, and they played like it. That, to me, is a positive and something you can move forward with with a little momentum. Yeah, I mean, the only real negative from this game was the last five and a half minutes when State kind of let off the gas and kind of coasted there at the end. And South Carolina went, I think, on a 13 nothing run at one point. This thing was not close from about the, you know, 16-minute mark, 17, 15-minute mark of the first half on. I mean, State was so dominant in that first half. And, um, you know, at, at one point, I think they were almost up by 30 points uh, in this ballgame. 27 was their largest lead. Iverson Molinar was so good. I mean, there, there's there's been so many moments this year where I've just thought State fans have just got to appreciate what they're seeing here because this this is the first guy I think that has a legitimate chance of getting on an NBA roster and sticking for Mississippi State, the first guy in a long time. I mean, I, I can't even remember the last guy that just – Aaron Darren Pierre, the last guy that really – stuck on a roster for, for a while. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I feel like Iverson Molinar has a chance to be that kind of guy. I think he is a um, excellent basketball player, 20 points. That in one he had where he was hanging in the air and he took yes. the contact and hit the yeah. mid-range jumper, that was incredible. Uh, just automatic from the free throw line, one of the best free, free throw shooters in the SEC, and he was great. Garrison Brooks was unconscious in the first half uh, in a good way. Um, and, you know, second half didn't have the kind of half he did in the first, but he did his job. 18 points, nine rebounds, whether it's first half or second half, you'll take that all day long. Um, you know, DJ Jeffries, I thought, had a, had a solid ball game, good stat line, 10 points, seven rebounds, five assists. Great stat line that's, for him, yeah. That's filling up a stat line. Rocket Watts is starting to look pretty good too, isn't he? Yeah, I wanted to talk about him. You know, that's back-to-back games for him in double figures. State needs somebody that they can bring off the bench for offense. Rocket yes. Watts can be that guy because he provides you some perimeter shooting. He can also drive to the basket a little bit. And let's he's a about- good defender, too. He's a yeah. good defender when he's at his best. And, and another thing that he really adds that Mississippi State is kind of missing is a legitimate three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, feel like, I feel like he can be that, that guy that can knock down a shot. I mean, Shaquille Moore show, shown that mm-hmm. this year as well. But state state needs to be able to knock down some three point shots and take a little pressure off the inside game or um, you know the, in their half court sets that they, they need to be able to um, be a solid three point shooting team at least at least have some some guys that can come in there and knock down some shots. I mean Rocket has he he said I I think he said after the game he he hasn't really felt right shooting the ball, his legs have not really been under him how he, want, how he wants to. And I think that's why his percentage has been relatively low this year. But, I mean, if you can get him to, to come in there and knock down three threes, two or three threes a game, yeah, you're in pretty good shape. And then a guy that we don't talk about very much, but in only 12 minutes, Derek Fountain gives you seven points and a couple of rebounds. I know Paul was happy. Derek Fountain's a guy who, you know, last year around this time – started to make a big contribution to Mississippi State. Is he a guy that we could see getting some more minutes going forward, do you think? We'll see. I, I want to see what that rotation looks like whenever Tolu comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, right now you, you needed somebody like Fountain to come in and give you some good minutes. I mean, he's, he's not been a factor for a, for a while. I mean, 
I, I don't think he had scored in a ball game in a, in a month, in over a month. I mean, he's it, – it's really strange, too, because, you know, last year he was a guy that everybody was kind of getting excited about. I mean, he really – at one point they couldn't keep him off the floor and they had to get him in the ball game because he, he had become um, a real threat. Yeah. Whether it be from three-point range or rebounding, whatever, he had become um, a real threat out there and Howlin had to get him in the ball game. And now he's just kind of disappeared. So it was good to see him come in there and give you some good minutes uh, because we have not seen him in a while. It'd be nice to to get him in the ro- rotation regularly if he's back on track here and give you just a – you don't need him to come in there and give you 15 minutes a game. Just yeah. just give somebody – just spell somebody for a few minutes. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, he and Anderson Garcia are capable of doing that. I think Cam Carter's capable of doing that some. Um, it's disappointing that he hasn't really uh, been a, been a huge factor since early on in the season, but they need him to to come on now, and they need Javian Davis to get yeah. on track too, just to give State another presence in the post yeah. whenever Tolu gets back. Thirteen minutes from Davis, but no points, uh, one rebound, one assist, and a, and a couple of fouls and three turnovers. Not not what you want to see. Here's an interesting mm-hmm. stat. So, South Carolina, not a great shooting night, right? 24 of 58, 41.4%. But James Reese, their guard, shoots seven of nine. So, if we take him out, the rest of the team is uh, 17 of 49. Yes. Not great, Rob. Not great. No, uh, they, they were there, – there was a time in that first half where they really struggled to score. I mean, they, they could not get anything to drop. And, and State was just – I mean, State was scoring on almost every possession. I mean, State scored 45 points in the first half. Um, so, I mean, that, there was a time there where it was just – you could just see Frank Martin was about to absolutely blow a gasket Yeah, on the sidelines. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was not a, a great game for the Gamecocks. But you got to give State credit, too. I thought they played pretty good defense. They did. They, they, they did. And now they, you know, the the you know the show goes on. Bulldogs will head to Arkansas Saturday, assuming the weather holds, uh, and they will play a seven thirty tip in Arkansas. It's a very tough place to play uh, for everybody in the conference, but State has had some success there the past couple of years. We said how many early, times? How many times has there been like a, a ice storm or something when Mississippi State's playing Arkansas in basketball? It, it's happened before for sure. I remember one time they played at Arkansas, and it was like an empty arena match. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, state lost. Oh, they did. So let's let's see if we can avoid a, 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 a repeat of that. But this was a big game for state. We said earlier this week, you know, one and one was okay as long as you beat South Carolina, but two and zero would go a long way to sort of sealing you up and putting you in position to uh, to to make that NCAA tournament berth. When you look around the SEC, Tennessee, that feels like it could be a winnable game for Mississippi State. Uh, LSU continues to slide. You think they, State might have a chance down there in Baton Rouge. Alabama's a team State's already beaten this year. These next four games are going to tell the tale for Mississippi State. If they can go two and two, they're probably okay. They're probably going to make it. One and three, it's going to be tough. And obviously, they have to get a win uh, to keep any hopes alive. Uh, for the Bulldogs, Arkansas is playing really good basketball right now. They've yeah. kind of re- they've kind of reversed uh, fortunes with LSU. You know, LSU yeah, that, that's a good <clears throat> example. Yeah, LSU had that great start. They were fifteen and one. 
and they've – I mean, the only win they've had in the last six games, they probably should have lost to Texas A&M. Yeah. And so, I mean, that they're, and they just lost to a not good Ole Miss team, and at one point they were getting absolutely obliterated in that game. Ole Miss did not score for over eight minutes to close that game, or they didn't score a field goal in over eight minutes, and LSU still could not win that game. I mean, it's, it was a brutally bad ball game. And um, it, it'd be nice for State to play LSU right now. But, you know, it is what it is. But this Arkansas team is playing some great basketball right now. They went on the road to Georgia. I know Georgia's not good, but they went on the road and scored 99 points. Yeah, It doesn't happen often. You don't go on the road and score 99 points a, a lot. So it's a dangerous team. Speaking of dangerous teams, let's change topics here and let's talk Mississippi State baseball. We got to go out to Duty Noble Field, stand on the grass, and talk to uh, some players and Coach Chris Lamonis on Tuesday uh, afternoon. I don't think I'm uh, telling tales out of school when I say that's a confident bunch over there uh, at Duty Noble. Would you agree? It's about as, com- <clears throat> as confident a bunch as I've been around <laughs> at Mississippi State. I mean, Brad Cumbus was probably the most confident person I've ever talked to. <laughs> I mean, he 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 was uh, he he was very upfront and honest that this team expects to compete for and win a national championship. And he even said he didn't think that last year's team played its best baseball. Which Cam James said in return, he, he agreed with some of that, but they were playing their best baseball in Omaha. But I think there's a lot to that. You know they. They lost a series to Missouri late in the year. They got blown away in the SEC tournament. That team was not playing good baseball. Um, they were not very good defensively. And uh, suddenly at the end of the year, things just clicked. So this team now expects to compete for a national championship and to win a national championship um, again this year, even with a lot of new faces out there. And there, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys that I mean, there's a lot of positions that we still have to see where it goes. You know, the the starting rotation still is to be determined as a whole. There's still roles in the bullpen that have to be figured out. There's still, um, you know, spots in, in the outfield and even in the infield maybe that have to be locked down. So there's there's still a lot of things that have to be answered here, but I like the pieces. The pieces are, yeah, the, the, the pieces get you excited. But, you know, and that's sort of the thing with Mississippi State baseball, right? You always know the pieces are going to be good. They, they recruited at an elite level. They always have good players. Uh, the intangibles for this year, you know, and I asked Chris Lamonis about that. I said, is it tougher to replace leadership or, uh, or production? I would like to point out that I got the only good question the whole day. Yeah, that stumped him a little bit. It did. But he said it's a little bit of both, but. I agree with what he said about leadership growing organically. You know, you and I think Logan Tanner and Landon Sims and Luke Hancock, those guys are going to be the leaders on this team, but we don't know that, you know. Leaders are, are, the, are the guy, you know, they show up throughout the season, and you never know who's going to turn into a leader sometimes. Um, that's, that's what State's got to find. they got to find those guys that, you know, like Tanner Allen last year, when you get to the seventh, eighth inning, ninth inning, and he's at bat, who's going to deliver for you? You know, when you it's the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, and Landon Sims is out of the game because he's already pitched, who's going to come in and get those key outs? If State can answer those questions, they can go as far as winning another national championship. One thing Brad Compass said, and we should talk about this, he said he never felt that last year's team played its best baseball. And then we asked that same question 
of uh, Cam James and of Luke. Did Cam- you listen to anything I just said while ago? I listen, I, I, I'm getting to that though. I'm, I, you didn't listen to, to me. I'm getting to what there. You just you mentioned it. Go go with me here. I don't know how much I agree with them because I feel like a team that wins a national championship has to be playing its best when it does that. I, I feel like certainly by the end of the season last year, they played their best. What I would ask you is this. When you look at last year's team ceiling and this year's team ceiling, and I'm, I need you to sort of go back to where you were you know, Feb- February of 2021 before that season started. Higher ceiling this year or last year? I think this year because you're returning enough pieces, you've proven that you that you can win a national championship. We had, we did not know if Mississippi State would could win a national championship. We've never seen it. We we knew that they were capable of competing for one. We've never seen Mississippi State actually win it. So I feel more confident coming into this season that Mississippi State can win a national championship mm-hmm. than I did last year. And last year, you know, there there were there were good pieces like Tanner and Rowdy. You, you felt like Josh Hatcher was going to be pretty good. You felt like Luke Hancock was going to be pretty good. Uh, Cam James had not proven a whole lot. Logan Tanner had not proven a whole lot no. at that point. And we knew no, we we knew that the starting rotation was was really talented, but they had done nothing pretty yeah. much. Yeah, I mean, Will Bednar had shown some things. Christian McLeod had shown things. Well, they had started against, like four games, you know, against non-conference teams. Yeah. Um, so I feel like this team, with what they've added, what they have coming back, you know, we know what Landon Sims can do. Mm-hmm. We he's proven more on that pitching and pitching staff coming in than anybody did last year coming into the season. So um, I I do feel be- I I feel better about this team's chances preseason of winning a national title than I did last year's team. I I'll just say this I I was I was a, I was surprised that last year was the one that team was the one I've always been surprised that was the one that won the national title for state. There's been so many great teams that couldn't do it. It was a little surprising that last year's team was the one that finally broke through. Yeah, I, that, there, there's something to that for sure. When you think about how good the 19 team was, the 13 85, team. Yeah, yeah. yeah 89. Well, I mean, even look at 16 that didn't make it to Omaha. Well, the SEC yeah. champions, I, I thought they were the best team in the country going into we, the- we, we, we We thought that there was no chance that, that team was going to miss Omaha. No, no. I mean, they had everything. It's just like Arkansas this year. That Yeah, that, that, year, yeah. That just shows you how difficult it is to get mm-hmm. to Omaha mm-hmm. and to win That's national why championship. I have trouble believing Cumbest. You got to be playing yeah. the best to win a national championship. I, I really do believe that. Well, that, that's why I thought that Cam James had a good point mm-hmm. that they didn't, they weren't playing their best baseball most of the year. Mm-hmm. But when it came to, to the nitty gritty and it came to Omaha and it came to the, the national championship, they were playing their best baseball. I mean, look at the, the, what the defense did. They were untouchable on defense. They made no mistakes. They had not done that at any point last year. That there was, there was no ten game stretch, nine game stretch, whatever that they played defense that well. No, you're probably you're definitely right about that. You're definitely right about that. 
But yeah. don't you think we, we should have known that that team was going to be pretty special last year mm-hmm. with what they were doing early in the year and what they did most of the year, you know, those those games where they just struggled for nine innings and then out of nowhere came back and won the ball game. Mm-hmm. We should have we should have had a good idea that that team was a little different. I agree. I agree. So we'll see where it brings us. Very exciting to be out. You know, you, you get the feel that this is going to be another – Another special season. Well, in a national championship, no, who can say? But you, you know, you just know this team is going to be good this year, and they're going to give it another uh, good run uh, through the postseason. All right, let's move on into signing day. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. I want to remind you, beef is what's for dinner. When you head to the grocery store and you pick up some beef, not only you can pick it up a, your family a great meal, a delicious meal, and a healthy meal, you're picking up the the, the tab for 15,000 of your fellow Mississippians are beef producers who do nearly a half billion dollars a year worth of agribusiness here in our state. So you're helping out a whole lot of folks when you need to make the great decision to have beef for dinner. If you're looking for recipes or more information, go to msbeef.org. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place to find smoked southern soul food. The best place in town for barbecue but it's a lot more than just barbecue at two brothers don't ever go in there just thinking it's just a barbecue restaurant it's so much more than that whenever you're looking for a great meal or a great time two brothers should be tops of your list here in starkville head over to the cotton district at two brothers smoked meats to enjoy smoked southern soul food they don't make it any easier than this right advantage business systems plan it's simple it's great products and great service but it's more than just great products it's the the list and the names that they have to offer you Everything a business is looking for from copiers and printers, from computers and software, from information and mailing systems. And then it's more than just good service. It's the service you would expect dealing business with your next door neighbor, which is what they are at Advantage Business Systems. They are your neighbors. They're a Mississippi business just like you. And they've been doing business in our state for 47 years. Nobody stays open that long. The doors don't get to stay open that long when you're not doing right by your customers. Why don't you call them today and find out what they can do for you? The number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. All right, two guys to talk about here. All right, uh, Xavion Thomas and Caden Pope, who I guess we can sort of, if you didn't know, had already signed but were not made official until today because they wanted to take part in their school signing day uh, uh, celebrations. So that being said, it's interesting, and we talked about this, I think, was it yesterday in the rumblings? Someone asked us who the impact freshman could be, and we said Xavion Thomas. So State's most impactful signee might not have signed until today. That makes National Signing Day great success for Mississippi State. Yes, I mean, that, it's, it's, it's crazy that we already knew – basically that these two guys were a part of the class and that these are the only two that you really add today. I mean, there was, there was literally no drama whatsoever for Mississippi state on Wednesday, but at the same time, you have to get excited about these two guys. You're adding some really good speed to your wide receiver core. And I, I like how state has kind of mixed and matched these these wide receivers, you got all shapes and sizes, all speeds and abilities. Uh, there's so many different types of receivers that they've added to this group. And, and MSU 
tweeted out earlier, I think eight four stars um, in, in the wide receiver room now. And that's no doubt the most that Mississippi State's ever had. I, I don't even have to research that. No. Uh, I'm, we've never seen that much talent. And so I, I think, you know, now it's all about putting them in the right place um, to succeed. And I, I think Xavier Thomas is a guy that we could look back a couple years down the road and say, man, that was a steal from Louisiana. Yeah, I agree. Of course, MSU put all of its uh, transfer portal guys into signing day as well. And so it's all done now for the class of 2021. Uh, talking to Mike Leach earlier today, you could tell that's a guy who – how do I put it kindly? Sometimes, like, being – I'm an old man, right? And sometimes it's like I don't like technology, but I know that I have to sort of move forward or I, it's, I'm going to end up not being able to do things. That's what Mike Leach is. I don't think he likes the transfer portal. I don't think he likes name, image, and likeness. But I don't think he likes the early signing day, to be told, or maybe he doesn't like the late one. I don't know. But he knows – he's smart enough at least to know if I don't move with the times – I'm going to get left behind. Is, is that the impression you get from him? Doesn't like any of this stuff, but he, he's at least going to take advantage of it. Yeah, and he can be a little more aggressive with it too. He probably needs to be in relation to you know the rest of his peers in the SEC. I don't think any of these coaches like the transfer portal. You know, uh, look at what Lane Kiffin did in the transfer portal this year. You know, he's tweeting out memes with his face on. Um, the Tiger King and all this stuff. And then he goes on a rant about NILs and transfer portal and all that stuff. I mean, that's the guy that's got more transfers than hardly anybody in the country. Jimbo Fisher's kind of the same way. I mean, these coaches are all mad about it, but they're going out there and, and filling up their roster with these players. That's what you got to do. I mean, that's the, that is, that are the, that is the times that we're living in. You're no longer going and filling uh, roster spots up with junior college guys. Um, you might have one or two now, but there's there's that that is no longer the option that it was. Everybody's turning their eyes to the transfer portal at this point. So yeah, I mean that it's going to be a big part of football for a long time. It seems like uh, with this uh, one time transfer deal, and I thought State did pretty well in the first part of this uh, recruiting class, getting those guys on board. Now you just fill a few more spots here after the spring because there's no doubt going to be more guys jumping in after spring practice. Yeah, no question about that. So State's class uh, finishes, I assume. I assume it's finished. I assume there'll be no more uh, ratings bumps or anything. 27th nationally, uh, 12th in the SEC, which, you know, is not great, but – this is kind of where state is, right? This is where they recruit. This is their neighborhood. Uh, it has been year in and year out. Um, when you look at the average star rating for this uh, for this class, it's a big uh, leap over last year, almost a point and a half uh, per player. So that's pretty good for Mississippi State. I uh, end up with one, two, three, four-star uh, high schoolers and a uh, one four-star transfer, and that's Marcus Banks from Alabama. So transfer portal, name, image, and likeness, these are all, you know, things that you see coaches, you know, embracing, and they're talking about proudly, you know, and looking at and then trying to help their uh, their programs out. 
And then there's Jimbo Fisher. Who Robbie Ooh. specifically wanted to talk about who spared no expense, asked and gave no quarter in his comments today regarding his team ruling in the number one class in the country, which earlier this week, I'm going to uh, sort of uh, take a turn here from my good friend, Brian Scott Rippey. I won't curse, but professional crap stirrer, Lane Kiffin. Troll is what you want to say. What? Troll is what you want to say. He's a troll. Yeah. Yes. You know what? I don't think master he, troll. I don't think if we had Lane Kiffin on this show right now and said, "Are you a troll?" He would not argue against us. He would not. He would not be mad at us for calling him that. <laughs> um, he'd be like, "Hey, you know, call a spade a spade." Um, so Kiffin basically puts it out there that you know A and M is paying something close to twenty five million dollars for this number one rated class, <laughs> which is like a lot. I won't lie; I, he may have just pulled that number right out of his ears. The first time I saw that was on the message board, though. Yeah. That message board with the with the gangbangs? Oh, God. That's the message board we're talking about? Anyway. We've gone off the rails on message boards these days. Oh, I had two different people today ask me. It's like, hey, what was that about? <laughs> I don't know, man. If you want Robbie's number, I'll give it to you. Because uh, I don't know if he knows either, though. Anyway. Ooh. Anywho. So, you know, and here's the thing. All Kiffin is saying is, like, kudos to them. This is completely legal now. They put the pieces in place, and they got the job done. He's complimenting them. I'll be, I mean, in, in honesty, he's trolling a little bit. He's trolling. But he is saying, look, this is, the, this is the nature of the beast. Kudos to them for getting it done. All Jimbo Fisher really has to say is, Yes, we had a great class. Credit to our staff. They worked hard in recruiting. And credit to our boosters who put together a tremendous NIL program for us. And that's going to help us recruit great athletes like this in the future. And Texas A&M is going to rise and be a national champion as we recruit and, and, and put together great athletes, great deals for our student athletes. But no. But no. Coaches are so conditioned to say that it's not money that brings in, that basically Jimbo today went full Hugh Freeze. Yes. I look forward to him getting caught in a massage parlor uh, in Cypress, Texas in the next five years. But when you have the guy, when you have the compliance address, right? When you have the guy that's leading the, the athletic department that you do, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. He's probably telling Jimbo Fisher what Same playbook. Was- Last thing that Ross Bjork needs to do is give PR advice. The last thing Ross Bjork needs to do is open his mouth. Just he was back. I mean, he was quote tweeting Jimbo. Yeah, that, that was our totally, coach. That question was totally planted too. Oh yeah, that that was a Yancey Porter special. Yeah, they used to do that. You know, Matt oh, Luke I, and he Freeze. They used to tell Yancey to ask them que- certain questions. Yeah. And that that was a Yancey Porter question. Uh, question. You got, you got, yeah. There's something happened there like that, and it allowed him to, to rant on. He called the other coaches in the SEC clown acts. He referred to Saban talking about, oh, it's good when he gets a million dollar deal for his quarterback. That's great. But then you know they're going to say it's bad for us. Nobody said it was bad for you, Jimbo. We just said that it happened. If you want to sit there with a straight face 
and try to convince me that you signed the greatest recruiting class, not just this year, but of all time, coming off of a season where you were one, two, three, four, five, fifth in the West. You're going to sit there with a straight. I mean, just, They're not coming there just because you're building something special. They're not coming there for that. I feel like Michael I mean, Corleone at the end of The Godfather is like, don't tell me you had nothing to do with it because it insults my intelligence. I, I'm tired of these, these disingenuous coaches mm-hmm. that act like the p- kids are just coming to their school. And There are a lot that do. And listen, people do go to Alabama to win national championships, to be developed, to get in the NFL. But these kids are not going there for free. Right. These kids aren't going to Texas A&M for free just because these coaches are great recruiters. That all that all that is included in it. I, I don't think these. I don't think the coaches are just sitting on a couch and letting the boosters go to work. But guys, just stop. And then and the NIL stuff is legal. Yeah, I mean Jimbo Fisher could use that to his advantage. Yes, we did spend. We didn't spend twenty five million, but we spent probably five million to get this recruiting class assembled. Guess what, guys? If you want to come to uh, a school in the SEC, compete against the best, play against some of the best in the country, get to the NFL, we can bring you here, we can get you some money, and you can play at a very high level and get to the next level. Yeah. That's easy. That's easy to say. It's a selling point. Yeah. It is a, a selling point. You sell this to kids. Yeah. Look at what. Look at the class that we just brought in. We can you can have the same opportunities that that class just had. Yes, and you can have you can continue to have to, coaches you know, one of the best classes believe. in the country. Coaches like Jimbo and Dabo Sweeney's bad about it too. They want to believe in the purity of this sport that's filthy, dirty, and has been forever, forever, forever. We're, the, I don't know why this is such a taboo subject. It's it's rough, man. And then and then people people are scared to talk about it because we don't have evidence. I don't have to have physical evidence to tell you that people are cheating in college football to get players. Yeah. It's, it's been going on since the beginning of this entire sport. I agree. It's been going on in all the other sports, too. The players are not going to school for free. There are some that are. Yeah. But most of them at these SEC institutions are not. Do you think – are we we're supposed to be led to believe that Missouri all of a sudden is a top 20 recruiter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're not. They're not. So, one last bit from signing day. Robbie, I don't know if you know this about me. Nothing I love more than hypocrisy. I love hypocrisy. I love to point it out. There's a lot of it. I don't know if you're familiar with – are you familiar with who Breck Tyler is? Uh, That sounds familiar. Breck Tyler is is the son of Mississippi State – football coach, Bob Tyler. And to my knowledge, he is the last person to play in a game for a football for Mississippi State and Ole Miss in his career. We will have a new addition to that today as former Mississippi State wide receiver Malik Heath has committed to Ole Miss. Which, as soon as I saw it, I said these words to Richard Cross. Some of your people are going to have to delete some tweets. Well, some of them got caught. I'm not going to call any more of them out more than they already have. But you know who you are, you bunch of losers. 
And not to say that there aren't Mississippi State fans who'd be caught with their pants down if this situation happened right now to them. Oh, there's no doubt. If it flipped it around, State fans would be in the exact same predicament. But, God, I love seeing seeing stuff like this. Seeing a guy right here referring to Malik Heath as, well, just a lot of uh, great profanity here. And then when Malik Heath commits, let's go. Welcome to the family. <laughs> he called him a female dog for those that, that, at home. Called, among other things. Among other things. He may have mentioned a, uh, a slang word for procreation. That might have been mentioned. Um, anyway. <laughs> and then welcome to the family. Just get the whole hell out of here with that. I love it. I lo- I have often said many times that I wish you could get a good, you know, so so many of the flips like MJ Daniels last year was so so weird. I don't think he got a lot of of this kind of hypocrisy. Plus, because he had been back and forth already. I want somebody who like you're just convinced he's going to this school, going to state, and he flips Ole Miss on signing that. Like you had no inkling. There had been no rumors whatsoever. Like, if if on uh, signing day this year, I'm trying to think who would have been. Like, I don't know, Braden Locke had said, I'm going to Ole Miss. Like, just to see everybody do a U-turn in the middle of the road would have been fantastic. I love seeing this. I love these idiots getting called out. Uh, please continue to make fools of yourselves on social media so that I can point and laugh at you. I appreciate that. Oh, there, and there's plenty of people. I promise you, I don't have the time to go look at all these fans mm-hmm. that are that are on Twitter or whatever. When when the when the brawl happened after mm-hmm. the Armed Forces game, I remember people calling Malik a thug, mm-hmm. belongs in jail. Mm-hmm. He has no business playing football ever again. Correct. And I guarantee you those same exact people are retweeting his comment oh, yeah. today, pumped up. Can't wait to have you. By the way, I liked Malik when he was here. I never had you know an issue with him, and I thought he was a, a solid player. How weird is it? Think about, and we've talked about this before, about how State and Ole Miss have sort of changed roles with running backs and receivers, but imagine Ole Miss like five years ago wanting a Mississippi State receiver. Yeah, not many. Yeah, weird. Weird times we're living in, man. But I, yeah, this, I mean, I, it doesn't really surprise me that like, Malik went to Ole Miss. I mean, he was always kind of playing that game in high school, mm-hmm. did it again in junior college. I mean, for God's sakes, when he was a player on the team, he was retweeting Ole Miss stuff every day. Like, it was yeah. just a – it was never really a shock to me that he – when he entered the portal that he might end up at Ole Miss. Like, that yeah. was just – Felt like that was that was the way it was. And he's, go, you know, he's he works out with people with, with Ole Miss ties. Like it's just not that big of a shock to me. But yeah. at the same time, I mean, State can replace his production. He didn't have through the roof production. It feels and, like b- between Ra Ra Thomas and then the addition of Justin Robinson and Jordan Mosley, they have. Yeah, you say. Good, you know, wish him luck. Wish him the best. Yeah, best, best luck to him. And I hope you know he's had situation. You know, he's had some tough times. He had to go to junior college. He had, yeah. um, he had, he's had a, a car wreck. You know, he's had some tough situations. So, but that means these go ahead. social media are fantastic, and we appreciate. Yes, it. we appreciate. I have no problem, losers. I have no problem with Malik. 
I want these people to be called out. I, I, if we can get some people out there that have that have a, t- a lot of time on their hands, let's get as let's dig up as many as of these as possible because they're like tears to me. Oh, they're definitely out there for sure. So, all right, tomorrow's show we'll uh, look ahead to Mississippi State, Arkansas, and then I, I mentioned it earlier with the retirement of Tom Brady. We're going to talk about goats. Who are the goats at Mississippi State? What is each sport's greatest of all time player? Football, baseball, basketball, women's and men's. And, you know, can we put together a Mount Rushmore kind of deal? I don't know. We'll figure it out tomorrow on the show. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Adad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk. Mississippi Media Production.